It is time to show up. It is time to be your full, authentic, anointed, gracious, powerful, bold self. We live in a day and time now where you cannot afford to be a woman of God, a believer in the faith, and not know who you are. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wise Women Podcast, where we're wild with wisdom from all walks of life. I'm Jennifer Brienne, and I serve as your podcast host to bring godly wisdom to your world. It's Wednesday, so you already know what that means. It is time to wise up. Let's talk wise, be wise, so that we can live wise. We're going to get right into this. I mean, we're going to pack right into where the Lord would have us as it relates to this path or wants to do in our lives. And so if you could with me, just bow your head in prayer um, or take a moment of reverence as I go before the throne of grace and we tap into what he has for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for allowing us to gather whether we're team live or team replay around your word. Thank you for giving us your divine word, your revelation, your insight, your download, your reason for being. Thank you for filling us with something that we can't Google, that we can't find anywhere else, only through your divine, you know, your divine insight, your divine downpour, um, your upload into us. Thank you for your word that's so rich with revelation, that's so rich with your love for us. I pray, Father God, that during our time together, that we receive from you we hear you we know you and we pursue what you are doing in our lives give us a word father so that we can go out into this world and make your kingdom come and your will be done in jesus name amen so check this out i think you're awesome and i think that today is an amazing day to tap into day two of the secret place experience if you don't know i am teaching from the power of the secret place how to cultivate an intimate prayer life and so you might be listening to this live in my Facebook Wise Women group. You might be listening to this on my podcast, Wise Women Podcast. Wise Women Podcast. However, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, I want you to know that I appreciate you tuning in and tapping in with us. So let's go deeper in the word today. If you guys have not read this book, The Power of the Secret Place, How to Cultivate the End of Prayer Life, you need to get it because your, life, your prayer life is hinging on you using materials like these to transform it, okay? So I am teaching specifically today from chapter six. Developing a fasted lifestyle. Yesterday, I talked about prayer and I really went into some details around prayer and how to pray and seeking the throne and being intimate and what to expect after you've been constant in prayer. And right now, I want to couple yesterday's teaching with today's teaching. So it may be better if you think of this like a part two. So that means you need to go listen to part one. If you're on the podcast, you got to go into Facebook group and get the day one uh, secret place experience. All right. So Day one, um, we talked about prayer, and day two, we're coupling that with fasting. So let's talk about fasting. In this particular chapter, I talk about what it is. I talk about how I teach to do it, and I emphasize that that's how I teach to do it. Because if you ask someone else, if you ask another prominent leader in the faith, they may not articulate that they teach fasting that same way, but principally, it's the same thing. So what I teach is that we fast from fast four and fast two. And if you've been with me for any amount of time, this is a little bit repeat so bear with me we fast from something oh y'all need to fast from someone oh yeah i said it we're fasting from something we're fasting for a reason for a purpose what's the why what's the outcome what are we wanting to get out of this and we're fasting to something that's going to elevate it's going to impart it's going to put in place 
um, some spiritual activity is going to grow us up spiritually, okay? So that means that we are intentionally reading our word. We are intentionally um, praying more. We are intentionally worshiping God. We are intentionally serving others. We are intentionally sowing and giving to others, whatever that thing is that we're fasting to, we're putting that in place. Now, a lot of times you want all of these things to work together. So the reason why you're fasting ties into what you fast to, meaning I want a deeper relationship with Christ. Okay, that's very broad, which is cool, but it's a very real goal. So what do you think would help you to get a better relationship with Christ? Well, I don't pray as much as I should. Okay, well, let's fast to a specific time to pray. We're going to pray for one hour every day. You say, well, I ain't pray. I can't pray more than three minutes. Okay, great. If you can't pray more than three minutes, then let's pray for five minutes. You want to challenge yourself to grow. Whatever that level of growth looks like for you, you got to get to that next level. Okay, I got some comments and everything going on over here. So you guys got to forgive me because I got all these systems going on. Um, but yes. You want to believe God that whatever you're fasting to is going to help you to grow to your next level, your next place, your next dimension. And a lot of different spiritual people use different terminologies differently. Okay. And what you're fasting from is the thing that you're feeding your flesh the most. So that's what needs what you need to break from. I put a post in the Wise Women Facebook group, uh, drop some things that you could take a break from. And when I review that post, it's right there. When I review that post, I see junk food, social media, TV, sweets, sodas, caffeine, and coffee. And some things didn't get added to that list because, you know, we get embarrassed. So pornography, um, the club, um, bad friends. I can take a break from cursing. These are things you can fast from. Jennifer, why would you say that we need to take a fast from sin? I'm challenging your theology. Why am I challenging your theology? Because I want you to see something. Let's say you struggle with cursing. Let's say that cursing, you just want to cuss some folks out. The words just boil up in your spirit. You get angry, you get mad, you get frustrated, and they just come out. And you just don't even know how to stop it. Sometimes like, they just, oop, cuss word, oop, cuss word. So you can take a fast from cursing. What does that mean? That means that for every curse word you say, you have to quote three scriptures. Every time you say a curse word, you got to quote three scriptures. Or every time you hear cursing in your music, cursing in your TV shows, where are you ingesting these curse words? Whether you're on the phone with your homegirl and she curses a lot. Okay, well, during this time of fasting, we are cutting out those avenues so no you can't listen to the music that has cursing in it no you can't watch the tv shows that have cursing in it no you can't sit on the phone and gossip with the homegirl who likes to curse a lot because again you are trying to break a habit and fasting is this is my first point fasting is discipline fasting is discipline team live team replay put that in the comments for me Fasting is discipline so it takes work and a part of fasting is killing your flesh building your spirit but what gets juxtaposed in between is your mind you have to renew your mind that's why i gave the example of curse words because if you're not remo renewing your mind about cursing then after you get off your fast after you get off your holy mountain you're going to go back to doing the very thing you were doing why because you consecrated yourself but that was for a time and you didn't maintain that level of consecration the problem is that a lot of people when they're fasting they cannot wait to get off the fast. They cannot wait to eat those sweets. Like some of you guys who are doing the fast with us in the Wise Women Group, you know that we're doing no sweets. We're fasting from no sweets and we're fasting from junk food, extra thing, and then water only. Some of you guys 
already know which particular sweet thing you're going to pick up on the six. You already know the very thing that you're going to go to, you know? And so the problem is, is that you, you have set your flesh up to win. You have set your flesh up to be able to be filled by what it so desires. And you might be missing the magnitude of the power that the spiritual technology provides you by focusing on the thing at the end. You're not maintaining the level of consecration. You have to maintain your level of consecration. Fasting is, is, a, is a prominent spiritual technology that allows you to reset and renew. So some people say, Jennifer, you have to stop sin altogether. You can't just go on a fast for sin. Okay, well, how are you going to break sin's power in your life? Oh, well, Jennifer, the cross broke sin's power in my life. Hmm, is that true? So is that why you're still sleeping around? Is that why you still have a little, you know, person on the side? Is that why you still lie when you get in a bond? Is that why you don't believe in tithing? I'm challenging your theology for a reason because Christians teach a lot the grace of God and the mercy of God, but they don't teach our part. And what fasting does is it puts the responsibility on you to renew your mind, to reset, and to do your part. You have to do your part when you're fasting. You, you can't get away from it. You can't say, oh, well, you know, I can, I can enjoy one sweet today. No, we're fasting. We are consecrating ourselves. We are killing our flesh. And we are saying, Lord, have your way in our spirit. We are surrendering ourselves. So this is a time of focus. You can't, you can't afford to lose focus. You can't afford to allow yourself to slip even just a little bit. Why? Because after this, you would have lost the spiritual power. You would have lost the momentum that you would have gained. Now, I can hear the comments over here, but I can't see them. So I'm not ignoring you guys. Hey, um, Andrew, looks like Sharmika and Ashley. What's up, y'all? I'm going to see if I can see y'all's comments over here. Again, I'm not ignoring you guys. I love y'all. I love when y'all comment too. I just can't see them right now. Okay. All right. So again, fasting, y'all. <laughs> you cannot allow yourself the opportunity to lie to yourself. I heard my friend say the other day, he said, I believe that people lie to others because they lie to themselves. And the truth is that some of y'all are lying to yourselves. You're lying to yourself about the degree and the level of relationship that you have with Christ. You're lying to yourself that you're better off because of grace and mercy and what Jesus did, but you're not acknowledging what he requires us to do. So let me challenge your theology here. Faith without works is not dead. That's not, it, that is true. That is not what I'm saying in regard to salvation or it, as it relates to gaining God's grace or mercy, because that is a gift. Bible says that, that righteousness is a gift to us and salvation is a gift to us, lest any man should boast. So don't go saying, oh, Jennifer said you have to earn this. No, what I'm saying is if you want to be victorious in this life, you got some work to do because this flesh does not want you to have that victory. This flesh does not want you to see the grace, the mercy, the power, the love, the sound mind, the peace that passes all understanding, the joy in the Holy Spirit, the oil of joy for mourning, the beauty for ashes, the more than a conqueror, the exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think or imagine, the um, walks me by still waters and restores myself. This flesh is, does not want to see that for you. So you have to want it bad enough. I asked you guys yesterday, how bad do you want it? You have to want it bad enough 
let me put it in context as it relates to fasting. You have to want it more than you want that sweet treat. You have to want it more than you want that junk food. You have to want it more than the false validation of that man looking your body up and down um, and wanting you. You have to want it more than those things. The Bible says not being conformed to the ways of this world, not wanting it more than what you want, the approval, the acceptance, the applause, the influence, the likes, the loves, the reshares from social media or from people. You have to want it more. And when you get to a place that you want it more, you will be willing to do what it takes to kill your flesh to take up your cross and follow Christ. And that's what this fast is about. So if you are one of wise women that are joining us on this fasting and praying journey, first of all, thank you. And second, um, I'm leaving God with you for a total transformation during this time. We're praying all month, but we're only fasting this week to start with. And so I want to see the Lord do a phenomenal, amazing, beautiful, wonderful, magnificent, miraculous work in your life. But you have to want that. I can't want it for you. My prayers can't override your will. I put a post up the other day as it related to uh, marriages and working with women and the emotional abuse of other women. Okay. And I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how close you and Jesus are. You could be sitting in his lap when you say the prayer. But you cannot overpray somebody's will. The way the Lord set the world up, we all have our own will and we all make our own choices. Whether they're forced or somebody infringes on that will and usurps that will, it does not matter. God gave us a choice to choose him. So if God gave us a choice to choose him, who is the author and the finish of our faith, he sits on the throne, he's the highest, he's the greatest, he's the king of kings, the Lord's Lord, he is it, right? If the definition of love itself gives us the opportunity to choose him, how much more so do you think that we have the opportunity to choose each other? So you can't overpray that person's will, okay? And why am I talking about this? I don't know which one of y'all on here got a little man that y'all like and y'all want him to like you, but this is your sign, this is your confirmation, your validation, the Lord heard you. You can't pray for that man to like you. And let me tell you something. If you pray for that man to like you, you are in witchcraft. And if he actually does like you, you have become a witch to his life. And then third, you will have to continue in your witchcraft tactics and antics to keep him liking you. Because you have prayed, you have illegally went in the realm of the spirit and utilized an authority to shift somebody else's will for your favor. And that is not God-like. We do not pray for somebody else's will to come to come to our will. We pray that the Lord's will be done. That's why we pray that your kingdom come and your will be done because his will is, is eternal. It's, it was destined before the beginning of time. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word became flesh. Come on, somebody. Y'all preaching better than I'm saying amen. Y'all can be saying amen. I can't see it. <laughs> but the point is that you are in control of your will. You are in control of your body. You are in control of your flesh. And if there is anything or anybody that is controlling you more than the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you, it is time to fast and to time to take fasting seriously. My first point, somebody put that in the comments, team live or team replay. Fasting is discipline. It takes discipline. It takes focus. It takes commitment. Christians typically struggle with these three areas, and that's why they don't like fasting. Think about it. If it takes discipline, think about the most disciplined Christians you know. 
they probably have a platform and people following them and they probably have a deep understanding of the word. A lot of Christians today do not have a deep, revelatory understanding of the word that they can pick up the word of God and go with it. Is that a problem? Yes and no. It's a problem because we aren't able to win others to Christ based on our own testimony. And it's not a problem because we have the victory in Christ that keeps us safe, but it's also keeping a lot of us lazy and missing out on the promises of God and the souls that we're called to win. Don't let this be you. Be a disciplined Christian. What does that mean? Does that mean that you are religious, that you have to wake up, you have to do this, you have to do that at a certain time or else you're not an understanding with God? No. What it means that if the Lord calls you to do something spiritually, uh, pray for your waiter, sow a seed into their life, um, go uh, pick up groceries for your neighbor, whatever he's calling you to do in whatever capacity, you are not slow to move your feet. You are quick to obey. You are quick to hear. And you are... Um, in control of your flesh to a degree that allows you to move spiritually. Some of us have what I like to call, and I learned this term yesterday, analysis paralysis. I'm going to say it one more time. Some of us have analysis paralysis, that there's such a war in our mind that we are literally stuck and stagnant. We are not winning so much spiritually and moving in our authority and identity spiritually fast enough or quick enough or strong enough that our flesh is able to contend. So we're born with these thoughts. We got scripture coming up against these thoughts, these fiery arrows. Remember the fiery arrows by day and um I'm sorry, fiery darts by day and arrows by night. And we got scripture contended. So there's just this war going on in our head and we can't get out of our head. But because we're not in our head, we're stuck in our head, we're stuck in our feet as well. And if you take on the armor of God, you have your feet shed with a gospel of peace, meaning that you got somewhere to go and you got something to do. You're not just armored up to look cute. Think about our, our military right now. All of the gear that they have and all of the equipment that they have, they don't put that on for fun. That stuff is hot and heavy. So when they put it on, they put it on with a mission to complete. And you have a mission to complete. So you have to be in a fasted place. My first point, fasting is discipline. Discipline, commitment, focus, committed. Ooh, I didn't mean to be wrong. So sorry. <laughs> commitment, my third point. <laughs> commitment. The problem with commitment in our society is that it is feelings-based. And if we're not feeling it, if it's not a vibe, if we're not with it, it's a wrap. We're out. They didn't make me feel like I belong. They didn't make me feel this way. Well, the problem with being feelings-led is that you will always be flesh-controlled. Now, somebody even put that in the comments for sure. I'm going to say it again. The problem with being feelings-led is that you will always be flesh controlled. Say it one more time because I need you to really get that in your spirit because I know that your emotions have been running rampant. I know that we as women allow those hormones and sometimes they take over and sometimes those things just pull up in us and it's like we don't know what to do with it. But the problem with being feelings led is that you will be, always be flesh controlled. Okay, baby girl is waking up. So whether you listen to this team live or team replay, you might get some tears um, or in the podcast, you might get some tears, but bear with me because we're going to continue forward. The problem with being feelings led is that you will always be flesh controlled. And if you are being, come on, big girl. And if you are being flesh controlled, then you are not being spirit led. You 
So if you are being flesh controlled, you are not being spirit led. So if you want to shift that, if you say, Jennifer, that is so me, I have been led by my feelings, my emotions have me all over the place. I don't like people some days, some days I do, some days I don't, I'm up and down, I'm left and right, I'm all over the place. Then you need to go on a fast. Why? Because it's going to reset and renew and allow your um, spirit to be in control. I see Ashley comment, it says always be flesh control. No, you definitely don't want to be flesh control. You want to be spirit control. You want to be spirit led, Okay. So always, always, always strive to be spirit led. That's the goal, okay? So your commitment cannot be based on your feelings. Your commitment has to be set on what you said. And a prime example of this, oh my gosh, y'all, is marriage. That's how I know some people aren't ready for marriage because marriage is not based on your feelings, what your spouse makes you feel, what what you feel your spouse is even doing. You have to show up to this covenant the same way you showed up on the altar and you showed up in the courts of heaven and you have to show up in such a way that allows you to be committed to that covenant no matter what your feelings say. And that is challenging for a lot of people coming out of singleness because they have always been allowed the opportunity to be moved by their feelings. If they don't like you, cool. You don't pay my bills. But what happens if I don't like you and you sleep in the bed beside me every night because we married each other? You know, that is why you have to be solid and rooted and grounded that you are only moved by what you are committed to, that you only make decisions based on your commitment, not on your feelings. Why? Feelings are fleeting. They come, they go. Sometimes we hold on to them longer than we should. Sometimes we let them go before we should continue, you know, feeling them. So again, feelings are not good measures for decision makers. They are indicators for what we should be doing with our emotions and what we need to be processing. Let's processing in or out with the same way your food comes in, it needs to be processed out. You keep what you keep if you let go of the waste. And the problem with making decisions based on feelings is that some of that stuff needs to go. And if you make a decision, you are solidifying in your soul, you're keeping it in a place where it needs to be gone. Think about that being happening in your body. Think about if you didn't poop. And I know that's a very like gross depiction, but that's what you're doing to your soul. When you make feelings, when you make decisions based on your feelings, you're holding on to parts that should be let go. Some of it you do need. So just like your, your gut processes, some of those nutrients, vitamins, minerals, energy, some of those things you need, but you don't need all of that. So some of that stuff needs to be let go. And that's why you can't make decisions based on your emotions. You have to make decisions based on your commitment. So going back to fasting, it is a discipline that requires dedication, commitment, and focus. You have to be focused. To get the most out of fasting, you have to be focused. The problem is many believers are focused on what they're not doing during the fast. They're focusing on how they can't watch Netflix. They're focusing on how they can't say those curse words. They're focusing on how they can't eat those sweets, how they can't... um, you know, go jogging in the mornings or have their coffee in the morning. So they're focusing wrong. You should be focusing on what you're fasting to. And a lot of times believers don't put that fasting to component in there. And that's why in my book, when I talk about developing a fasting lifestyle, I teach you, I share with you on how to focus to on how to focus on what you're fasting to. Some people don't even put the fasting to component in their fast. And let me tell you, if you just take something out of your diet, baby girl, that's not a fast. You are literally dieting. If you say, okay, I'm not going to eat sweets this week, boom. How are you edifying God any more, any differently than the person is over here with Jenny Craig? You're not. 
So you want to make sure that you are pouring back in and replacing in those areas. You know, the scripture says that when demons are cast out, they come back, they go find company and they come back and they come back stronger because they found the place swept, clean, and most importantly, vacant. That means it was available. So the last thing you want to do is go on a fast, say, hey, I'm not going to, I'm going to drink water only and I'm going to do no sweets, right? Great. Don't put anything else in place. And instead, you just go find something else that your flesh likes. So now instead of eating sweets in the afternoon to unwind, now you found this show on Netflix. Then instead of spending time with God, that's what you do with your time. My baby was breastfed, y'all. So it's just what she does. Um, she's not breastfed anymore, but she's obviously still very sleepy. And we're also teething, bless her little heart. So, but anyway, I, I lost in her. You guys have to be dedicated, committed, and focused. And if you're not finding yourself dedicated, committed, and focused to this fast with wise women who I'm talking to, or if you're doing your own personal fast, if you find yourself faltering on being dedicated, committed, or focused, that might be why you are not seeing results when you are fasting. And so that's one thing that I want to challenge you on on my next one. My first point was that fasting is a discipline. My second point is stop expecting to see immediate results. Do you sometimes see immediate results in fasting? Absolutely you do. Yes, you do. I mean, I have went on fast. I said, I'm going to do this for X amount of days and saw a turnaround in the situation by day two. So I'm thinking it's going to take this long amount of time. The Lord did it in, in two days. It's the same with this fast. I set out for a goal in mind and the Lord has manifested the answer literally this morning. There was a shift for me this morning. So I don't know what your expectations are. I don't know what you're fasting from four, and two. I don't know what you assigned your reason why to be, but one thing I do know is that we can't put a time limit on God because the same way he could deliver those results before the end of the fast, the same way that they may not come immediately right after the fast is over. Just because you push back sweets for a week and you controlled your flesh for a few days doesn't mean that there's still other areas or other battles that need to be won. So be mindful of that and make sure that you are not relegating the effectiveness on the fast on results. Somebody put that in the comments. Make sure that you are not relegating the effectiveness of the fast on results because the results may not be immediate. You might be praying for something that in God's will is not destined to happen for another two and a half, three to five, six, seven years. We don't know that. So that's why you have to get in God's face and be sure that you are praying his will and his way for your life and not your own way. Okay. Yeah. All right. So immediate results. Don't think that results are an indicator of the effectiveness of the fast. Why? Because the transformation can be happening in you. You may think that you're going on a fast that, okay, this time doesn't come up with my fasting and prayer. And I'm going to pray this husband and he's going to be here. And by the end of this fast, okay, say all what you want. But the results of the fast may be that you experience transformation, not the other person or not even the situation. It could be you. You could have been the problem. Maybe you weren't the problem, but you were the one who needed a new perspective. You were the one who was being challenged. A lot of times, and I'm being transparent with y'all, a lot of times when I go to pressure my husband, the, the Lord never speaks, rarely, he has before, but he rarely ever speaks to me about him. Most of the times when I'm praying for him, I'm praying about a situation issue that we're having, 
the transformation is me. Again, that's one of the indicators that I can determine if you guys are ready to be married, because what if somebody holds you accountable for you, not the other person? What if they don't even want to talk about the other person or how they're making you feel and they only want to talk about you? What's your response then? That that's that grown woman stuff. That's that you know mature stuff. Like you can't, you can only control you. Remember earlier, I started off this talking about that. I'm sorry about other people's will because a lot of times we get this confused. So you say, well, Jennifer, does that mean that you can't pray for other people? Absolutely not. I mean, absolutely yes. It means that you can pray for other people, but what it means is that you have to change your expectation around what the results look like. Because the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man make it much power available. So what does that look like? What that looks like is when I pray for my brother, when I pray for this little girl, when I pray for my husband, when I pray for you ladies, I am making the power in the spirit realm available for you to make a transformation in your life. When you come into agreement that when your will says, hey, I want change, it will be easier for you. And there will be much less spiritual contention for you so that when you do go about that, you are able to see the power of God already at work on your behalf because my prayers have made that power available. Preaching better than y'all saying amen. I know I don't know she could be mommy's loud. I'm sorry. It's okay. So we got to go pick our brother up in a second anyway. So that that was the, the, the second major point or the second point rather. Immediate results. Don't think that your fast was ineffective because you didn't see results because it very well could have been that the fast needs to be for you and for your inner transformation. The third thing that I wanted to talk about is listening to your flesh. It is so easy when you're fasting and praying, you're seeking the Lord for something to listen to your flesh. What does that mean? So right now we're fasting from no water and sweets or junk food if that's your thing. So it's really easy to start making excuses so that your flesh can thrive, right? So if your thing is normally Pop-Tarts, well, it's really easy to start munching on something that, you know, isn't as sweet as a Pop-Tart, but still kind of sweet, like a vegan cookie. Let me tell you the Biscoff vegan cookies, so good. If you say, I don't like vegan stuff. Well, if you ever flown Delta, the cookies that they serve on the plane are the Biscoff vegan cookies. So you actually have had a vegan cookie. Ain't that something? But those cookies are really good, okay? So if you've had those cookies, um, you know that they're good. But my point is that, I got thinking about the sweets. Now I got to come back. You don't want to go substituting the thing that you're trying to take away. Okay. You want to be disciplined. You want to be committed. You want to be dedicated. And you want to be focused on staying away from sweets. So it's easy to listen to your flesh saying, oh, this is okay. Or it's easy to listen to your flesh because that's the week that you get invited on a date to go have ice cream. Like that's the week, you know, that my husband pops up on the way home, hey, I'm stopping by your favorite food place, junk food, um, you want your normal meal. That's the week that your flesh, it's almost like it will find a way to live. And, and this is the example that I always give. Vulgar, but follow with me. If somebody were to put their hands around my neck right now and try to choke me, everything in my body, everything in my anatomy, doesn't matter who it is, it's going to try to fight to live. Okay? Anything that you try to kill will fight to live because it is a living being. And that is what ha is happening to your flesh. You have a chokehold on your flesh, literally 
killing your flesh and it is fighting to live. So when you listen to your flesh and you make those alterations, you make those adjustments, you make those exceptions, you allow yourself those excuses, you are giving your flesh a lifeline. And what you're essentially doing is after you get off the fast, you're going to be a lot weaker in your spirit. You're going to be more empowered in your flesh because in the moment when your flesh was supposed to die, it still got what it wanted. It still reigned. It still had all power. And you want your spirit man to be built up in all power. The Bible says that we are to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. The Bible says that we go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. The Bible says that we are to be strengthened in our inner man. All of those are our responsibility. We can pray for those things, but we also have to come into agreement with that prayer by making sure that our flesh is not more powerful than our spirit. Yep, it's our responsibility. All right. So after immediate results, see, I got my sticky notes. Y'all know I got sticky notes everywhere. After the immediate results and listening to your flesh, I want you, I want to tell you the truth that nobody tells you. Fasting is not easy. Stop believing a lie that fasting is supposed to be easy. I would challenge you if fasting is easy, either A, you're not doing it right, B, you're not challenging yourself enough, or C, you're doing it wrong and you're not being challenged enough. It should be uncomfortable. It should provoke you to grow. It should be hard in some ways because you've been giving yourself things that you like, things that you love. So it's time for something new, right? Like it's time to see yourself growing and feeling yourself stretching. And so it's, it's hard to do and it's hard to experience. So again, this is you. If you think, hey, this fast is kind of easy, I can handle you know, no sweets and um, no junk food because I don't really eat that anyway. And all I ever drink is water anyway. So that's fine with me. Well, then you need to decide what will actually challenge you. And you need to decide what will push you. And you will decide what is uncomfortable to you. Maybe it is putting the wine bottle back. You say, Jennifer, why are you always using examples of like sin type stuff? Well, a couple of reasons. I know that people are real. Right. Like I know that y'all listening to me on the other side of these platforms are real people with real issues. So I get talked really light and easy like, oh, yeah, you know, um, milk, you know, just don't drink less milk. Milk is your thing. Cool. But I know that a lot of y'all are mothers. A lot of y'all are single. A lot of y'all have children. A lot of y'all have jobs, real bills, real debt, uh, real credit issues, real dreams and aspirations you want to see actualized in this world. And so. You drink, you smoke, you you curse, you fornicate because we're also human. And so I, I just want to cultivate an environment where sin is not this taboo topic. There's like, I'm beating you over the head with it. Like, oh, like we recognize that it is a part of our shortcoming. And I believe the more open we talk about it, remember yesterday where I talked about shining that light, the more light, see my flashlight, the more light that we shine on these dark areas, the more we can see the Lord moving in such a way because we're not leaving those things in the dark. We're not leaving them to chance. And I believe that's one of the greatest um, deceptions that the enemy has for the kingdom of God. He allows, and he, he doesn't allow, he deceives us into thinking that if we keep that thing in the dark, that it's going to be safe and it's going to be okay. And we will look more uh, Christian and we will look more holy. But think about Adam and Eve. I always go back to the garden because the first thing they tried to do was hide. And even then they still weren't able to hide. And that's, that spiritual principle stands because the Bible says that, you know, dark things come to light. Or some people say what's done in the dark comes to light. So again, 
it's better if you choose to be open and talk about those areas that you struggle with, not because you're embracing them, but because you are overcome by the blood of the Lamb of the word of your testimony, all right? Fasting is not easy. It should not be easy. So this week, you know, should feel challenging, but press through. Your victory is when you press through. Another thing that I feel led to say as it relates to fasting is fasting is preparing you spiritually so that you have the stamina, you have the endurance, you have the patience, you have what you need on the other side of the fast when you need it. What does that mean? Okay, so a lot of people like to treat God like an emergency plan. So they go get in a car wreck where you have to be airlifted and now you've got a family member on life support. Boom, now they want to pray. Boom, now they want the angels to show up. Boom, now they want the whole world to stop and, and to pay attention to this one matter, which the issue is, and that is that you haven't talked to God. You have no relationship with him. You have no spiritual authority because you haven't called on the angels. You haven't called on nobody to do nothing for you in the realm of the spirit. As a matter of fact, you haven't prayed in six days. You know, you haven't repented. So there's all these spiritual laws and orders and protocols that you've entirely skipped over. And because your your loved one is on life support, you're expecting God to just swoop in and be God. Now, is he God? Yes. Could he do it? Yes. But what did I tell you starting this video? Because a lot of people think when they pray that God is just supposed to usurp everybody's will. And it doesn't work that way. We don't know what state that person who got in that accident went into that accident with. We don't know. That's why you always have to have your affairs in order as it relates to uh, your spiritual walk with Christ. Because again, my prayers can only support that person's will. In December, when my sister died, my prayers were for her to live. I said, Lord, I don't want to see her in pain anymore because she battled cancer for a long time. But I said, Lord, me and her daughter came into agreement. Lord, we are making power available for what her desire is. And we are in agreement and we are okay with what her desire is. Now, that's a big girl prayer because my sister went on to be, went on to glory. And though I didn't understand it at that time, I said, okay, Lord, you were preparing her because that was what her will was. It wasn't our will. God honors that person's will. So again, you can't treat God like an emergency plan. But fasting does, it gives you practice for game time. So you're consecrating your flesh. You're, you're, you're putting yourself in a place of endurance where you can fast, you can pray, you can see, you can see the, the um, endurance that you need and you can see yourself growing and stretching spiritually. You can see yourself being denied those things and seeing your spirit man grow so that when life happens, not if, because life happens to all of us. Um, Ecclesiastes says that life and chance happens to them all. So again, life happens to all of us. So when life happens, you have what you need on the inside of you to stand up in the face of that adversity. You have what you need on the inside of you to stand up against the in the wild enemy, the deceptions, the lies, the trick. You have a relationship with him. So it empowers you to withstand that situation, to withstand that that um spiritual attack, that say satanic and demonic thing. So that's what you need on the inside of you. Okay. That's what you need to succeed. Amen. All right. Let me say hey to some people. I can't see your comments. Um, maybe you're not commenting, actually. I didn't think about that. But, hey, Trailer. So, uh, Trailer, your prayer partner is Antoinette, and she's been trying to connect with you. I sent you a message today. If you still want to do that, let me know. Um, hey, Takesha. What's up, girl? Um, I think I said hey to everybody else. So, that I see. If I haven't said hey, I called your name. Hey, I love you. So, anyway, we have to continue 
in prayer. We have to continue in fasting when times and when times and trials of life are not near us, so that when the trials and the times and trials of life do come to us, that they don't take us out. The Bible says, let patience have our perfect work. The Bible says that you have need of endurance. You have to be able to persevere. Your spirit has to be able to withstand. And the problem is a lot of us have prayer lives that don't, that are not able to withstand the wiles of the enemy. We have to be able to withstand the fiery arrows and darts that come to our mind, those crazy thoughts. We have to be able to withstand the bad reports from the doctor. Our faith has to be able to withstand people not believing, people speaking negatively over the situation. We have to be able to withstand and not be moved. The problem is, is that our faith is not in alignment with our spirit, which is not in alignment because our flesh is ruling. I said this a couple of lives ago, and I'll say it again right here. Remember, your spirit should be ruler. Your soul should be the conduit that passes the, the will of heaven from heaven, processing it through you to bring it through earth. And your body is the slave. So your body should be the one going to do what the spirit has given command to do. If you are not operating out of that order, then your life is probably out of order. More than likely, your body is telling you what your spirit is and is not going to do. What do you mean, Jennifer? That means when you crack open your Bible, you fall asleep. That means when it's time to go to church, you that, that bed feels extra warm. That means when they need extra volunteers to serve, now all of a sudden you got something to do. Come on, somebody. Now when they need you to give a little extra money because they're trying to give the community because people out here are hungry, now all of a sudden you need it or you're tired or you don't have it, but you have it for the shoes or the event or the thing that you want to do. I'm telling you about, y'all, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we can see also not only out of the mouth, out of our actions, out of our decisions, where our treasure is. There is nothing wrong with that being your situation. What's wrong is knowing that and staying where you are. So I want to challenge you to grow. I want to challenge you during this time of fasting to really commit to the fast and really allow Holy Spirit to transform you. Allow him to see you. Uh, say, Lord, reveal in me what are my next best steps? What do I need to do? What's next for me, Holy Spirit? Move in me, God. I don't want to be conformed to the ways of this world. Everything in this world is crazy right now. I'm praying right now. Y'all don't even know I'm praying, but I'm praying for you that you will see the power the spiritual technology of fasting has for you so that you can tap into the next level of who you are. How do I know that you're not tapping to the next level of who you are? Because your flesh is ruling your life. And when your flesh rules your life, you are not able to see and know the will of God because your flesh is not interested in knowing any of that. My shirt, I wish you could see it, baby girl. <laughs> but it talks about, I don't know, all the adjectives, but it says that she's strong, powerful, brave, and unstoppable. And a lot of us women like to quote it. We like to wear the cute t-shirts. We like to put it on our Facebook statuses. We like to reshare the posts and say the same things. But how brave, bold, powerful, beautiful, unstoppable is your prayer life? How brave, bold, powerful, beautiful, unstoppable is your ability to stand in the face of adversity and say, I will not be moved. And my faith is unmovable. It's unshakable. It's brave. It's bold. And I don't care what the situation looks like. I don't care who said what. I don't care what is going on around me. I know the God that's in me and greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Can you look at a situation that's near and dear to your heart that might bring tears to your eyes just thinking about it? But can you really stand in agreement with God? And you say, mm, not quite, Jennifer. Okay, 
wonderful. That's great. That's not a problem. That's great that you recognize that because that means that you have room to grow. If you commit to fasting and praying, you have room to go. Now, a couple of minutes ago, baby girl tossed my book over there, but I'm talking, I'm teaching from my book, The Power of the Secret Place, How to Cultivate an Intimate Prayer Life. And I'll be sure to drop the link to my book in, in the chat. If you are listening and you already have the book or if you know how to go get that, go ahead and drop that in the chat so that those who don't have it can get that book. Okay, so again, as we're talking about developing a fasted lifestyle, we're not going to just fast once in January because it's the beginning of the year and it's a new year, new me. We're feeling all fresh and renewed, and then we go the other twelve months without so much as praying longer than two minutes. Now, y'all might think that I'm attacking people to pray two minutes. Actually, I'm not, because I believe some of the most powerful prayers I've ever prayed in my life, words were never uttered. There were groans, there were tears, there were screams. And I was able in those actions, sometimes even silence, to articulate exactly what I was feeling to God and breakthrough took place. I don't know why I need to roll that, but I guess it was just power in it. But breakthrough took place, okay? So don't think that I'm saying that if you don't pray for hours upon hours upon hours of time that there's no power in the prayer because that's far, far, far further from the truth than I ever want you to think, okay? It's not wrapped up in the time dimension. The time dimension sometimes is an indication, however, of where we are spiritually, and that's okay. Because again, that indication is a reason to grow. It's not a reason to be sad or depressed or feeling powerless or hopeless as if you can't grow. No, it's an indicator that says, I need to press in. I need to go further. Instead of fasting for seven days, I might need to go eight days. Instead of going eight days, I mean, I might need to go 10 days. Okay. For these last couple of minutes, because I'm, I'm rounding up on my time and getting very close. I want to talk about fasting and praying and why they work so phenomenally together. The Bible says that this kind doesn't come but by fasting and by prayer. Now, before I get into that point, I want you to go ahead and put your prayer request in the comments, whether team live or team replay, go ahead and put it in the comments so I can see it and pray for it over the end because I am near the end of my notes. Um, I cannot see your comments still. This is frustrating. Let's see here. Oh, wait, here goes some comments. Okay, okay, okay. Talk about it. Network is a problem this evening. I understand, girl. I want to fast from my mind somehow. It jumps to sexual thoughts just by looking at a man. Um, so that is that is a mental warfare, and your solution is not fasting from your mind. The solution is putting those thoughts in check. The Bible gives us a solution, a, a spiritual strategy that says, and this is for anybody, that's why I'm talking generally right now. It says that we are to cast down every thought and high imagination, a high imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bring every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. So what does that mean? That means that right now you are not a married woman. So that is out of, out of order thought. So you have to bring that thought into the captivity of Christ. What does that mean? That means that, okay, as a single woman, I should not be thinking on these thoughts. I am a woman and I do have hormones. God put sex as a drive on the inside of me. So I'm not casting out or rebuking that because then you'll get in marriage when it is time for you to have sex and you won't have any drive or you won't have any emotion or hormone around it because you cast it out and rebuked it. And a lot of Christian women are struggling in their marriages right now because they've been taught that sex is evil. Sex is not evil. God didn't give you sex organs, sex organs and sex desires for it to be evil. It just has a particular place and a particular season to protect you. 
Okay, so that thought needs to be caught, brought into captivity to the obedience of Christ based on the season that you're in. Because when you transition from your single season to your married season, a thought looking at your man is okay, not just any man. Okay, so don't say Jenny said it because I didn't. All right. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. I wanted to address that thought, make sure there's any other thoughts. So yeah, go ahead and put your, okay, I guess I can see some comments. So go ahead and put your comments, sorry, your prayer request in the comments and team um, replay, go ahead and do it as well. My um, podcast people, if you want to shoot me a voice message or a DM, I would definitely be praying for your prayer request. You never, 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 never hesitate to send me those as well. All right. So um, last thought, the Bible says that this kind doesn't come but by fasting and by prayer. What is the kind? So everybody always says that, you know, it goes into spiritual warfare, the demonic strongholds, deliverance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And though I believe that's true, there are some other kinds. So what are the other kinds? Well, Let's look at the strongholds in your life. What is it that you need? You need a breakthrough, deliverance, freedom in the area of your singleness or your dating, your marriage, your family, your finances, uh, your freedom, your job, your career, your profession, your geography, your location, who you live with, who you want to live with, the battlefield of your mind, the strongholds. Name your area. My second question is, have you prayed about that area? My third question, have you seen relief in that area? Have you seen an answer in that area? Has something shifted in that area? If the answer is no, then there's your kind. That simple. Don't think that there's this deep abyss of unanswered prayers that only the intercessors and prayer warriors can fast and pray to see results in their life because that is a lie and a trick of the enemy. It is not relegated only to the demonic and to, to people who need deliverance and to uh, spiritual warfare. Like you may be experiencing spiritual warfare in a dimension of where you are right now. And it is that kind that fasting and prayer is a spiritual technology that will break the stronghold, that will break the yoke, that will destroy that thing that has um, a foothold or an anchor or a root or a tie to you in whatever dimension, whether it be a soulish realm, a spirit realm, a mental war, a psychological, a physical, whatever the thing is, you can define it better than I can. But that kind, go to your Bible and underline kind, because that thing that's troubling you, that is the kind, and that's what you need to overcome. Now, I will go into that more in depth on your questions because that's something hard to talk about from a general standpoint. So if you have some questions, whether you're team live or team replay, put those in the comments. If you're my team podcast, then uh, DM me or message me those questions so that I can go into that more in more detail for you, right? But if that be all, you guys, I want you to know that fasting isn't easy. Listening to your flesh is a trap. Anytime, whether you're fasting or not, it's always going to ensnare you because that's its goal. Fasting is discipline. Okay, so if you say I'm not disciplined, then you need to go on a fast because fasting will evoke the disciplined spirit that you have. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, so you can't tell me that you aren't disciplined. Your flesh might not be disciplined. Your soul might not be disciplined. You may not be disciplined, but there is a power on the inside of you that houses discipline. You just need to tap into that, and fasting will unbreak, will will unlock and break and open up those things that are in the spirit realm for you to bring them into your natural. I just said a whole hour's worth in that five minutes that I just said that. I'm telling you guys. You, know, you, need to, you need to go back and watch this again. All right. 
So I'm going to go ahead and pray. I, I'm sorry, guys. I can't see your comments today, um, which is unfortunate. I've seen some of them, but not all of them. So uh, I'll just keep working with how this works. But let's go ahead and pray. I'm going to pray that this time of fasting is transformational for you. I want you to employ everything that I'm saying so that you can see the transformations in your life, so that you can see that next step those next series of steps really break open for you. I want that for you. I believe that this will be a wonderful time as we're praying together, as we're fasting together, as we're seeking God together. We're all on this journey together corporately. So let's get connected and get um, synchronized so that we can see the will of the Lord work through the power of our unity. All right, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, you've been so sweet to us. You have been so kind and so gracious and so faithful and so diligent to honor our prayers by hearing us even before we finish forming the thought in our mind and letting it go in our lips. God, we thank you. We praise you. We lift you up. We exalt you because you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You reign high above anybody or anything in anything that's going on in our life, in our world, in our nation, among the nations. God, you are greater. You are higher. You are stronger. You go deeper and richer. Your love for us is so deep, long, wide, and vast. And we say, Thank you, Father, for thinking enough of us to allow us to be the apple of our eye, for making us so fearfully and wonderfully, for allowing us to be of the best part of your creation. God, we say thank you. Just say thank you right there, wherever you are in the midst of what you're doing. Just say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for being an amazing God. Thank you for being an awesome God. Thank you for being a loving and a true God who is mighty to save. God, thank you for uh, being with us along this fasting journey, for giving us your insight, your wisdom, your revelation, and the power that comes from evoking this spiritual technology so that it is a weapon for us and not against us. Thank you for allowing us to be spirit-led, allowing our soul to be the conduits of heaven, allowing our body to be the slave, to go see and put feet to the ground so that your kingdom can be made manifest in our lives and the lives of other people. Thank you for allowing us to fulfill our assignment and our purpose and our duty for this season because we are fasting and praying. I pray for every wise woman listening to me under the sound of my voice now who has a kingdom agenda at hand, who wants to know you, who who's fasting for a reason. She has this prayer petition on our heart. You said in your word, God, that we are to not be mentally distressed about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition to present our request to you with thanksgiving and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard our heart in Christ Jesus. So God, we need you. We need you to guide us, to guard us, to love us, to keep us. And we need you to help us along this fasting journey as we, as we kill our flesh, as we Surrender to our spirit and we take up our cross and follow you. God, be with us. I pray that you meet every need, that you solve every problem, that you answer every question, that you open every door that needs to be opened, close every door that needs to be shut, and allow us to do your will as it relates to our purpose. We love you. We praise you. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. So, guys, I hope that you enjoyed today. I know it's not five o'clock, but I do what the Lord leads over here. So that means, you know, setting an order and then going around it because that's not what the Lord said for us specifically today. So um, he knew that you needed this uninterrupted time. And so I'm grateful that I was able to give it. And I'm grateful that, you know, you received it. So if you are in our wise women group, um, I'm saying that for my podcast people, um, 
continue on in your fast, continue strong, and tune in tomorrow for um, day three of the Secret Place Experience. If you are not in our Wise Women Group podcast, people, go ahead and join us. We are looking forward to you being a part, and we hope that you have an amazing, awesome, wonderful day. Thank you for tuning into Wise Women Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a rating and a review. Hit the show notes to share with a friend and go over what we discussed today. As always, proceeds from this podcast go directly to support the mission of Penn's Prison. Don't miss out as there's two ways to be a part, writing and contributing. Now go forth and employ the wisdom that you gained today. Have an awesome week.